It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. New York Giants OTA number five is in the books. What are my takeaways? What were some of the differences from OTA number three? And what are some concerns that are emerging as we watch the Giants go through the spring practices? All that coming up on the Locked On Giants podcast. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. I'm Patricia Trainer, your host. And I am back from OTA number five, and that's going to be the topic of today's show. I'm going to give you some of my takeaways from the OTA, including stuff that we heard, questions that I asked, questions that other people asked that are of interest. We'll also have what's different from uh, last week's OTA. We were at OTA number three. What has changed? You know, and there's three main changes that I'm going to highlight for you uh, coming up a little later on in the show. And then finally, some emerging concerns that I have after watching a couple of OTAs. And I know you're probably thinking, well, it's still kind of early, so there's plenty of time. But yeah, these are things that, you know, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on as the spring continues to play out and as we get into summer. So thank you, everybody, for joining us on the Lothan Giants podcast. Thank you to my everydayers and a shout out to all the new folks who might be tuning into the Locked on Giants podcast for the first time. Very happy to have you with us. Very humbled. Let's get into business because we have a lot to cover today. All right. First up, like I said, takeaways from Giants OTA number five. Now, the biggest thing that I made note of, and I went back, mind you, and I compared my notes from today with my notes from last week when I was at OTA number three. Speed, speed, speed. My gosh, this team, if they keep everybody healthy, this team is going to do some serious damage with the speed they have. And in watching this team, to be honest with you, um, I was pretty impressed by the deployment 
of some of the personnel. I mean, we saw things that I don't think I, I can ever recall seeing. And I'll give you an example. Um, the receivers were moving around. There was a lot more pre-snap motion. There was one formation where Darius Slayton lined up on the outside. Jamison Crowder was in the slot. And then during the pre-snap motion, they flipped. So, folks, can anybody remember the last time Darius Slayton worked from the slot? I know I can't. But the point being is, is with all the speed on the field, and we saw a lot of deep passes, like I said, and I thought Daniel Jones had a pretty good day, by the way, throwing the ball. I know a lot of you were saying, well, he didn't have a pass rush and whatnot, but he was on point with his passes, and he dropped a lot more in, in position for his receivers to catch the ball as opposed to defenders to get a hand in there to knock it away. But a lot of creativity with these receivers. You can tell Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, is just having a grand old time moving these guys around, coming up with different formations. Now, I don't know which ones that we have seen are going to make it into the summer and then into the season, but wow, they are just having a grand old time mixing and matching and creating mismatches on offense. And what a battle it's going to be, speaking of which, because once we get to the summer, you know, historically or traditionally, I should say, the defense is usually ahead of the offense. And, you know, we all know that Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, likes to mix things up, play a positionless defense. Well, you know what? It's looking like the offense, the, the skill position players are going to be doing the same thing. And always oh, it going to be fun to watch, ladies and gentlemen. I can't wait to see that. And, you know, speaking of the speed, we saw a lot more um, in terms of deep shots down the field. I mentioned that um, Daniel Jones at one point connected on three touchdown passes in a row. I think they went for about, they, they were more, you know, long range intermediate types. I think they were about 15 yards or so. So whether it was Isaiah Hodgins or Paris Campbell or Colin Johnson, um, he was hitting them. And he was looking good and comfortable. And again, it was in se- it was seven on seven. I get that, but still, you had the edge rushers out there trying to, you know, get into the backfield and tag the quarterback. And more often than not, Daniel made quick decisions, got the ball out of his hand, and uh, was able to make plays. So, just the offense in the two practices that I have seen so far has looked so much better. And I can recall it looking last year when they were learning the new system last year, I thought the defense was always a little further ahead. The offense to me has really looked like it's coming on and I'm excited to see how it continues to progress. All right. What else can I tell you? Um, In Brian Dable's presser before practice, he was asked about DeAndre Hopkins and basically he left it, you know, the, the answer he gave, I kind of expected it. It's like, okay, Joe Shane and his staff, and and we look at everybody, which I expected him to say. But, folks, I'm fairly certain that DeAndre Hopkins isn't on the team's radar. I know there have been some media reports that have said that he's a fit, that the Giants might go after him. You know, I was gung-ho about them getting him. I admit that. But upon further reflection, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I can give you any number of reasons why I don't think it's going to happen. But most importantly, I think they like what they have at this at these receivers. And boy, do they have an assortment. 
They really do. They got guys, they're moving all over the place. There's no such thing now as a pure X or a pure, you know, slot guy. They are moving everybody around and it's all about mismatches. So, you know, this to me looks like it's going to be more of an ensemble cast than, than a starring role for a specific receiver. And I think that's how the Giants built it and that's how they want it. So, Yes, they're you know they're looking into DeAndre Hopkins. They're looking they look into everybody. You know, if if the Jets released Aaron Rodgers tomorrow, they would look into him. Doesn't mean they're going to sign him. So that's kind of where they're at uh, with with uh, Hopkins. Some other uh, plays that stood out, players that stood out. I know a lot of you asked me about Bryce Ford Wheaton, the undrafted free agent receiver. Thought he had somewhat of a mixed bag practice today. More good than bad, but there was one pass in particular that just went right through his hands. I mean, it was literally on the money in his catch radius, and it just went right through his hands. It was a ball thrown by Tyrod Taylor. And I was really surprised that, you know, he couldn't pull that in because a few plays later, he was making, you know, kind of like an acrobatic catch. And that's been the knock on on Ford Wheaton. You know, sometimes he just makes these eye-popping catches, and then the simple stuff just doesn't connect with him. Now, Ford Wheaton, and, um, you know, when I get into uh, changes uh, in the next segment, he has seen some snaps with the first team offense. So again, going back to what I was saying before about the coaches rotating in these different receivers at different spots, I thought that was pretty, you know, worthwhile noting. So, um, Javarius Owens, one of the team's two seventh round draft picks, he was playing some snaps at deep safety. So, you know, I, I think he was, um, he could play both box down in the box and deep safety, but he was working mostly with deep safety with the second string team. Um, David Sills, receiver, who last week left practice early due to what looked like a, either a back or a rib injury when he came down awkwardly. He was back practicing, so, you know, that he's fine. Um, Ashawn Robinson, I'm not sure why he hasn't been practicing, but when the um, the rehabbing players were excused early to go back in the building, I guess, to get treatment, and he was amongst them. So something obviously is going on there. But uh, let me just go back to Javarius Owens for a second. Dane Belton is recovering from some sort of off-season procedure. I don't know what it is, but he hasn't been able to really practice much um, that I've seen at any rate, since I've been at at the uh, two OTAs. Um, Now, some good news for you. Wandale Robinson, I watched him do some uh, work with the trainer on the side. He was doing, he was working with some sort of like apparatus designed to give him, you know, provide resistance. He was running straight ahead. Wasn't cutting, but he was running, looked good. He looked like he was moving without any problems. Now, I still would would hedge my bets and say that he, along with Sterling Shepard, are going to start training camp on PUP. But the fact that they were out there and they were moving along tells me that they are progressing nicely. They might even be ahead of schedule. You know, when they did the 11 on 11 without the helmets and it was just a slow walkthrough, both Shepard and Wandale got out there and went through, you know, what I call the motions you know, the, as the play develop. So it was a kind of, you know, like flexing the muscle memory, getting the guys to run into the, not run into the positions, but walk to the positions they should be in any given play. So 
that was good to see. Um, a guy that hasn't really impressed me, and I hope I don't catch flack for this, but I'm being honest with you guys. Tommy DeVito. Now, DeVito, he is competing to be the third quarterback. He's, he, he would end up as the practice squad quarterback if he, you know, has a strong camp. His throws, you know, in the two OTAs I've seen, off target, just not very good. I mean, today, for example, he overthrew um, a receiver, and Zion Gilbert was able to pick that ball off. So I'm like, accuracy issues, man. That's a concern. And this, these were two deep balls that I remember him throwing that just were so off target. I was like, you know, not good. Um, Jamison Crowder went up against Deontay Banks, got the better of him, but, um, you know, on a 12 yard reception, but you know what? I was impressed with how Banks stayed with the receiver and basically, you know, this was just Crowder getting himself in a position to catch the ball and shield it away from the rookie. So nothing too, too worrisome there. Uh, some other guys that I thought had good practices, uh, Khalil Pempleton receiver who's who's trying to um you know crack into that lineup he also by the way uh was working on kickoff returns they had kickoff returners um working uh in practice basically the same guys as the punt returners so you had um eric gray darnay holmes pimpleton um darius slayton was was catching um kickoff returns scary brightwell and um I thought I saw Adoree Jackson back there too. At this point, folks, don't panic over who is fielding kickoffs and punt returns. Doesn't mean anything until we get to the summer. This is just guys that are standing there practicing catching the spin on the ball because kickoff returns, kickoffs are the spin on the ball is end over end. So it's a little different than punts, which have a spiral. So it's just practice for them. And it's best that it comes off the live leg. Because, you know, you don't want to put a guy out there and now he can't handle these balls that are kicked to them. So it's just practice at this point. Um, I did not think Darnay Holmes had a good practice. He was uh, working primarily from the slot and he was beaten a couple times. And there was another time where he looked to me like if there had been officials out on the field, he would have been flagged for contact, illegal contact. So Darnay Holmes to me just did not have a good practice today. Um, maybe it was an off day. I don't know. Cause we're not there every day. We haven't been there every day, but this is now two practices that Darnay Holmes just didn't absolutely knock my socks off with, with any signs of improvement. Jalen Hyatt, I thought, uh, you know, from what I could see looked sharp in his drills Um and then let's see the other, the only other thing I can mention to you, you know, worth talking about Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, they both showed up. They were not there last week. They were there this week. So, you know, I didn't take attendance because at this point in time, attendance really doesn't mean anything, but I don't think there was anybody significant missing other than Saquon Barkley. And we all know what Saquon's situation is. So at this point, I'm not going to get concerned about it. I'm not going to get worried about it. So, uh, you know, some people might, but I think that'll, in the end, one way or another, work itself out. All right. Coming up next. What was different in OTA 5 
versus OTA3. I have a few things I'm going to mention as with regards to personnel. Hey, Giant fans, get in on all the sports action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 in bonus bets if their first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. FanDuel offers great promotions, a safe and secure app to set your bets, and instant payments. So make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena, and I'm running down OTA number five, and um, as promised, I'm getting this show out to you a little bit earlier than usual, because I know so many of you are like, what happened? what you see? What, what went on? So uh, I, I'm running down all my notes for you. And over on Giants Country, we're running stories um, w- from the four players that were brought to the podium, uh, which were Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, Darius Slayton, Dory Jackson, and Evan Neal. And all four, by the way, were really, really fantastic. So we were able to get some good stories um, to write about over on Giants Country. And I'll just leave that over there uh, rather than bog down the podcast here. So, all right, let's talk about um, what was different in OTA number five than OTA number three. Now, disclaimer here. This doesn't necessarily mean anything, but if you want to take something away from it, you could look at it in terms of a guy making progress or expediting his progress. And there were some things that kind of jumped out at me with regard to personnel. Okay. The first thing that jumped out at me was the slot cornerback position. Now you had Cordell Flott, who was doing some work in the slot. Bobby McCain did some work in the slot, as did Darnay Holmes. And I thought that was interesting because we didn't really see much of that in OTA number three. And, you know, look, I keep saying it and I've said this to, to a colleague and he says, I don't know why you're trying to, you know, write Darnay Holmes off the roster. Darnay Holmes, you know, every year it seems like they draft, try to draft over him. And every year he's been challenged for his jobs. Now he he's held the role and he might still hold the role, but the fact that they challenge him every single year kind of speaks volumes as to what they're probably thinking about that slot cornerback job. Now I was a little surprised that Cordell Flott was working in the slot and I know he played it at LSU, but you know, and, and by the way, somebody asked me about Flott and if he got bigger and to my eyes, he didn't. But to be fair, he was wearing long sleeves and the long pants. So I couldn't really tell for sure. But just on a, a you know, the close-up glance that I did get, I didn't think he he looked like he 
bulked up any, but Cordell Flott, you know, when you have a guy that's not really that big, the last thing I think you want to do is put him in the slot. You probably want to keep him on the boundary at that point, because at least with the boundary, you have the benefit of the sideline to help you. So I was a little surprised to see Flott getting work at the slot at this level. I, I don't know if that's necessarily his role. Now it's possible that he did it because Aaron Robinson, who's still recovering from, you know, the, the uh, knee surgery that he had that ended his season last year. Maybe that's why, I don't know, but uh, that was kind of odd to see. I thought Nick McLeod played free safety. Now this is interesting because McLeod last year was a quarterback and they moved him to free safety. And, you know, um, couple guys spoke about him. Adoree Jackson spoke about him. And I just had visions of Julian Love pop into my head because remember Julian Love, when he initially came out of Notre Dame, he was a cornerback by trade and the Giants converted him to safety. So the Giants really like Nick McLeod, who played fairly well for them last year at cornerback, but maybe they see him as more of a, of a safety down the line. Um, you know, Adoree Jackson referred to him as, as a kind of a Swiss army knife, a guy who can do a lot of things. And Hey, does that sound familiar folks? Julian love ring a bell, you know? So maybe that's what the giants are looking to do. Maybe see if, you know, McLeod can be that Julian love play that Julian love uh, Swiss army knife type of role. Moving over to the offensive side of the ball. Now I, again, we've only been to, two practices, two OTAs, number three and number five, which was Wednesday. So I don't know what took place in the other OTAs, but I will tell you this. On the offensive line last week at OTA number three, you had John Michael Schmitz and Ben Bredesen rotating at center with the first team. This week, OTA number five, it was just John Michael Schmitz taking the first team reps and Bredesen was working more at left guard. So I don't know if that's a result of, you know, they gave Bredesen some snaps just to keep him ready. Although they, again, they have JC Hassenauer. So it's not like they don't have a backup center or maybe they're, they're going to look to move Hassenauer off the roster. I don't know, but folks, I would be really, really surprised if John Michael Schmitz is in the starting center on opening day. I mean, it would have to take an injury or something catastrophic for him not to be the starting center. So, you know, Bredesen, like I said, working primarily at left guard, which he really didn't do the prior week. Joshua Zudu still recovering from his seizing ending uh, neck injury, but he is expected, as is Shane Lemieux, to get snaps and compete for that starting left guard job, which by the way, is still up in the air. Um, Another change that I noticed from last week was at cornerback two. Now in OTA number three, Amani Oberari often lined up opposite of Adore Jackson as cornerback two. Did not impress, by the way, <laughs> just too slow, too slow to react, just didn't impress. This week, it was Deontay Banks getting more snaps with the first team defense, which is probably what you want to see because, hey, 
You drafted the guy in the first round. You don't want him sitting on the bench. You want to get your first rounder out there. So really not a surprise there, but Oruari again, just didn't look good from what I remember, you know, in OTA number three and what I marked down in my notes. Banks, he's a rookie. He's got to learn. And Adoree Jackson, by the way, is, is, is mentoring him. He talked about, you know, how excited he was to mentor him, how he liked Banks's film. So barring an upset, Banks and Jackson are going to be cornerbacks, you know, two and one, one and two, whatever. You're starting cornerbacks on the, on the outside. I, I just don't see any other possibility happening. Um, so, yeah, those are the things that jumped out at me that were different from OTA number three. And again, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what they're going to do moving forward. But if you want to have a takeaway, they're progressing you know, they're ahead of their curve or on schedule with their curve. And if they continue on with that, because right now, yes, jobs aren't going to be won in the spring. There's no pads right now. I get it. But that being said, folks, um, these guys, if they weren't progressing in the classroom, if they were having trouble with, um, you know, the mental aspect of the game, they wouldn't be getting reps at all, let alone with the, the starters, So that's a very, to me, very encouraging sign. So we'll see how that continues. If that continues, you know, with the next OTA, we're in the building, I think next Thursday for OTA, I think it's OTA number nine. And then we have the mini camp, the two day veteran mini camp, and then we are done for the spring. So obviously I will keep you up to date on all that stuff. I'll keep track of what else changes when I do my next OTA report. So, uh, you don't want to miss that, folks. Got to keep it here on Locked on Giants. Okay. What concerns do I have after two OTAs? We'll talk about them right after this. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to Locked On Giants. I'm your host, Patricia Trena, and uh, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day or for watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. We are talking Giants OTA number five. And on this segment, we're going to talk about some emerging concerns that I have uh, after watching two OTAs. Now, they might be nothing with nothing. They might be something that bears watching. We'll have to see, obviously. But uh, that's what we're going to cover in this particular segment. And uh, just a reminder, I am going to have a show for you on Friday. I don't yet know what the topic is going to be. So, you know, but I will have a show for you Friday as well. So I hope you will check that out as well. And then we'll just continue as we bring you to the conclusion of the OTAs and spring football. Okay. Concerns. Who's going to play slot cornerback for this team? You know, I mentioned in the last segment that Darnay Holmes to me still wildly inconsistent, you know, too grabby. Just, I just don't see enough improvement And again, it's two OTAs. I get it. It's padless. I get it. But 
there's technique issues that I see popping up that have me concerned. And I mentioned how Bobby McCain played in the slot. Cordell Flott was down in the slot. I mean, what does that tell you? If they know that Darnay Holmes is their guy moving forward, is there competition like that for the position? Probably not. So I'm very curious to see how the slot cornerback position plays out. But I'm also very concerned because right now I don't see anybody really standing up and saying, it's fine. You take it from me. Okay. Concern number two of mine after two OTA practices, depth at edge rusher. Now, obviously, again, no contact, no pads. I get it. But you can still work your way into the backfield, right? If you're the edge rusher, and when they do seven on seven, the outside linebackers are on the field. And I'm just not seeing, you know, these guys get into the backfield. You know, I've seen them drop into coverage. Like I was watching Kayvon Thibodeau drop into coverage, and he was beat on on a pass along the sideline. But, you know, I'm just not sure about the depth behind Thibodeau and, and Aziz Ojolari. And look, the Giants did add to the to the uh, outside linebacker spot. They brought back O'Shea and Simenez. They've got Ellerson Smith, obviously. Um, they re-signed Jihad Ward. So obviously they're happy with that group, and maybe they're just going to be content with, okay, just disrupt things. And if we get sacks, great. If we don't, not the end of the world. Maybe they're thinking, okay, the back end of the defense, the cornerback should be able to hold their coverage a little bit longer. So maybe that will open things up for the, the guys up front. I, I don't know exactly what they're thinking, but I'd like to see somebody from Ellerson Smith, O'Shane Simenez, Jihad Ward, step up and be that number three guy. Because right now, I don't think that they have it. I really don't. You know, I think Thibodeau and... And Ojulari are going to be fine as the one-two punch, but give me a number three. I mean, I, I've said this many times to you guys. You look at the 2017 to 2011 team, they were three deep minimum at edge rusher. This team still searching. The last concern I have that I'll talk about, returners. Who is going to return punts? Who's going to return kickoffs? Now, I've been giving you the names of people who have fielded the ball. You know, Adoree Jackson's name popped up. Darius Slayton's name popped up. I don't think that those guys are going to necessarily get the job, although Brian Dable didn't rule it out. He basically said, look, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But he didn't rule it out. And I know a lot of you are like, nope, nope, don't want to see a Dory Jackson back there. Don't want to see Darius Slayton back there. Don't want to see Deontay Banks or, you know, Jalen Hyatt back there. Somebody's got to do the job. And Dable, you know, I don't think he's going to coach scared. I don't think that, you know, the fact that Dory Jackson sprained his knee on, on, a, on a fluke type of injury, I don't think he's going to let that uh, deter him from putting him out there if he proves to be the best option. The other thing you have to remember, folks, is depth, okay? So last year, the Giants really didn't have solid depth at cornerback. So it was kind of silly 
to put your number one cornerback out there when, you know, the risk of him going down, it's like, who did you have to replace him? And they really didn't. So is the depth situation a little bit better to where maybe now you can afford to do that? Maybe you can afford to put Jalen Hyatt back there. Now, to be clear, I don't want to see it. You know how I feel about it, but I understand Dable's perspective that you cannot coach scared. So I'm curious to see how that works out. And if the Giants even have a returner on their roster right now. The last thing I'll talk about, and this is a very minor thing, but it's kind of important, I think, so I'll mention it, is quarterback three. Now, so far, folks, I have not been knocked out of my socks by uh, Tommy DeVito. I just think, you know, again, the accuracy, some accuracy issues, some, you know, he's a game manager from what I can see. And look, I get it. He's a guy that if he wins the third quarterback spot, he probably will never see the field. He'll be on the practice squad. But remember, Tyrod Taylor is only signed through this year. What if Tyrod doesn't want to resign with the Giants? Then what? Giants will have to go out, get themselves another quarterback, and teach that guy the offense all over again. And Listen, enough players have said that this offensive system is not easy to learn. So I would feel a lot better about the depth behind Daniel Jones if Tyrod Taylor got extended. And if Tommy DeVito, if he's going to be the guy, you know, that they're going to develop, if he starts looking a little sharper with his throws. He just has not knocked me out of my socks with what I've seen. So those are my concerns. It's early, a lot of spring football left, a lot of summer still to go. And we, of course, will bring that all to you here on the Laugh on Giants podcast. So that's going to do it for me on today's show. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day, or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. I will see you tomorrow, Giant fans. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.